on episode 77 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, how to have more effective meetings. 67% of the meetings are rated ineffective by most managers, and 92% of the people admit multitasking during meetings. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. So Chip, it's been a while since we've been in the studio together, and I, I see that you have something in your hand you want to talk about. What's going well, on here? Yeah. So over the last handful of months, I've been doing high-performance workshops, uh, high-performance organizational workshops all over the country. Last week, I was in California. The week before, I was in Austin, Texas, kind of bouncing around doing these workshops. And one of the things that we talk about regularly, obviously, is how do we create a strategy as an organization? You know, how what kind of leaders do we have to become to execute on these strategies? you know, engagement, how do we get our teams to execute? One of the things that comes up on a regular basis is, you know, we tend to meet more often than what we should hmm. because we come up with all these different strategies. We come up with ideas. And so you have the, the C-suite that has meetings and then they pass initiatives down to the management level or the VP level and they have to have meetings with their teams. And then the managers have meetings with their teams and then the teams themselves have meetings. And so before you know it, especially in very large organizations, you are meeting for the sake of meeting. Ah, so this is about meetings, the yes. dreaded meetings for meeting's sake and all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, the Harvard Business Review did a study recently that said that close to $37 billion a year are wasted in unproductive meetings. Oh. And that if you really look at the amount of meetings that go on on a regular basis, two out of five days are spent in meetings. Even though they can be very productive, they're not always productive. And so one of the things that we like to talk about in these workshops in different ways is how do we make them more effective? Right. You know, we know we need to get people together. We know we have to communicate. We know we have to do these things, but but how do we make them more effective? Well, in some of the surveys that we've done, we found that about 15% of organizations feel that it's a complete waste of time, so they don't hold meetings at all. <laughs> 67% of the meetings are rated ineffective by most managers, and 92% of the people admit multitasking during meetings. So they'll, ah. yeah, they'll sit there in a meeting, but they're on their phone. You know, they're having side conversations. Playing Angry Birds. Yeah, they're doing whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had multiple meetings where people have their laptops with them and they say that they're taking notes. Yes. Yeah. But we, you know, without calling them out, how do you really... This kind of goes to the perception of things. Because when I first started with you, I would take notes on my phone mm -hmm. because that's just kind of how I did it. But it looked to you like I was fidgeting and stuff. And I also like writing down hard copy notes. But I noticed that when I took hard copy notes on a notepad... You were like, man, he's really with it. He's paying attention. Yeah. It's the same process, but it just appears that way to the person that's conducting the meeting. Oh, yeah, because when you're on your phone, you see people. You don't know if they're on Facebook, if they're texting, if they're right. reading emails. You don't know. So, And that's where that big number of you know $37 billion is just completely wasted mm -hmm. in meetings. And, so, and, and I totally agree that if they're not done correctly that they can be. So we have a process that we call the five P's of an effective meeting. Okay. And so the five P's go something like this. The first P is the purpose. You should not have a meeting if you don't have a purpose for the meeting. And if people can't tell you why 
they're here. Like, what is the purpose of us of this specific meeting? Well, then we failed right out of the gate. So we need to make sure that everybody understands there is a purpose to this meeting and why we hold it. What if it's like we're having a meeting because we haven't had one in a while? <laughs> that is not a good purpose. <laughs> okay. It needs to have an outcome. Okay. And so we start with understanding what is the purpose of the meeting. That's the first P. The second is preparation. Mm-hmm. That whoever's hosting the meeting and the people attending the meeting should be prepared to talk about whatever the meeting is for. So if the purpose of the meeting is to talk about our upcoming company retreat and what are the takeaways, who's planning it, what are we supposed to be getting done and make sure that we're on track, we understand what the purpose is and people should come prepared to be able to share with what it is uh, that they're charged to do. It's like if I'm Chip, you need to have your TPS reports ready and you don't know that that's what was required of you. You come in, I don't have those. We'll have yeah. to make another meeting. Yep, another <laughs> meeting to talk about your inability to remember what we talked about in the last meeting. So the third P is process. Okay. And how do we actually run the meeting? Is there a clear process to it defined by an agenda? You know, it describes in the agenda, basically how we're going to accomplish what we're trying to get done in this meeting. And a lot of meetings, as you know, you've been through them. Every employee that's ever been through a meeting knows sometimes they get sidetracked. We go down rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody has a burr under their saddle and they're waiting for the meeting to bring it up and they're ready to sabotage the agenda by talking about what's important to them. And and so we got to make sure that we stay on track. The fourth P uh, is participation. And if you have people in a meeting, they should be prepared to participate in it. I know in some of the meetings I've been in, people show up, but they have nothing to share. They don't really want to share. Matter of fact, half the time they're confused why they're even in the meeting. <laughs> and so we need to make sure that everybody understands that they're going to participate. And then the last P is progress. So if you have a meeting with an agenda, everybody's participating, everybody understands you know, what the the purpose of this meeting is, then we should leave that meeting with progress achieved, whether it's scheduling upcoming events, assigning roles and responsibilities, tasks, knocking things off the list that we've been accomplishing, whatever it might be. So the five P's are really critical in terms of a framework before you set up and have a meeting. What is the major step that you see the biggest downfall with meetings? A lot of times people have meetings because there's an issue. They've they've identified something, you know, oh, there's a problem in our system or our core processes are broken. We got to figure out how to do this. You know what? Schedule a meeting. Let's get everybody together because I'm tired of this problem coming up. So we send out a, a mass email with, you know, everybody and their brother attached to it and they all show up to the meeting. And they're not prepared because the manager didn't tell them why we're having the meeting. They just And then leaders a lot of times sabotage the meeting by saying, all right, there's a reason why I brought everybody together. We have a problem here with this core process of stuff that we're working on. Here's what I think the problem is. I've been thinking about this a lot. I've come up with some ideas and suggestions. Here's some of the stuff that I think we should be doing. Now let's go ahead and go around the room and, and get everybody's feedback. That leader has already sabotaged that meeting. Because they have set the tone of identifying the problem, and maybe it's not the real root cause of the problem. Hmm. They've already self-identified, hey, I think I know what the problem is. They've thrown out their opinion of what we should do to fix the problem, and so they've already tainted any honest, open feedback that they could get from the rest of the group because they weighed in first, where the most effective leaders come in and say, I think there uh, could be a problem in our core process around this subject title, but I'm not sure. Could we possibly take the next 20, 30 minutes to talk about this specific issue in the core process? Joe, let's start with you. 
or Mary? Or let's throw it open to the group. Does anybody see a problem with this core process? And if so, why? Mm-hmm. What do you believe is causing it? And if the leader keeps them their mouth shut until the end, or at least till everybody has the opportunity to talk and share, then they don't set the tone for the meeting that keeps people from not participating. Or if they don't have a clear, defined problem that they want solved. So they're like, you know, I think you guys aren't working well together as a team. Maybe they could come in and say, like, I've noticed over time our production level has gone down. I think there may be an issue with teamwork. I'm not sure. How do you guys see it? Right. Or they might define something like, you know, when we first started six weeks ago as a team, we came together and I didn't help all of us come up with what does success look like? if we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing. So let's start with the big picture. Our project is to do X, Y, or Z. What do you think X, Y, or Z looks like if we are wildly successful? Mm. And then have the team define what success looks like, and then we work backwards from there based on what are our day-to-day activities that are supporting what we say success looks like. So if we start by saying, well, we're successful if we have limited errors, if we're producing lots of revenue, if people get along and respect each other and treat each other well, if, you know, and so we define all these different things, but then we look at our day-to-day activities and we go, wow, how are what we are doing? How is that matching up with what success looks like? Maybe we need to do a better job of defining how we work together on a day-to-day basis. What about the biggest problem I have with meetings is circle talk. When you define a problem, someone says something and it leads back and the conversation kind of keeps repeating itself Mm -hmm. and you keep saying the same thing over and over again. How do you deal with that or put an end to it or direct it into a positive way? Well, whoever facilitates the meeting needs to see that as an issue and be able to, to deal with it. The other thing is we have what's called the parking lot. And a parking lot is where, let's say the purpose of the meeting is to identify a problem in our core process and how do we work more effectively as a team. And then someone says, now that you brought that up, we haven't planned our Christmas party yet. And our Christmas party is coming up. It's not that far away. And last year we didn't, we waited till the last minute. We couldn't get a good band and blah, blah, blah. And so what happens is there, the purpose of this meeting is not to talk about the Christmas party, but somebody decides to make it. So as a good facilitator of the meeting, based on the agenda, they say, you know, Mary Sample, that's a great thing that you brought up, and you're right, last year we didn't deal with it, but this meeting is designed to fix this core process. We need to put that on the parking lot, and a parking lot is a visual, a whiteboard or something where we write down things that we need to talk about later, but not in this meeting, or it could be a, a mental parking lot where you just say, Great idea, Mary. We do need to talk about that. We're going to put that on the parking lot for now, and let's circle back to it when we're done with this meeting. When I was in the military, the term was take this offline. Mm -hmm. So you'd be in the meeting and be like, that's a really good point. Let's take this offline, and we'll talk about that later. Yep. In this realm, we call it the parking lot, because then we can just put it over there in the parking lot. I like that. We're going to get back to it, uh, but we're not going to talk about it in this meeting, because we got to stay on task and and stay to our purpose. It's visual. Yeah, it's a visual. It's like you can You have this space, you can fill it up with more ideas, but you need to put it over there and be done with it for for right now. now. Yep. Years ago, I I think it was in 2006, Alan Mully, I think was his last name, he took over Ford Motor Company. And Ford was losing $83 million a day. Ooh. Yeah, $83 million a day. Let that sink into you. And he came in, and one of the first things he did, he immediately changed the way they had meetings. Because in an organization that big, you know, with Ford Motor Company, they had meetings on top of meetings on top of meetings. And he said, we've got we've to change this. So he eliminated all 
corporate level meetings except for two that he introduced. The first one was a weekly mandatory business plan review. So all senior leaders would come in and their meeting was only to talk about where are we at tied to our business strategy. Where's your department? Where's your team tied to our strategy? And it was very much about each senior member reporting because they had to be prepared, reporting where they're at based on the progress and the specific goals of the organization. And, you know, they would take a, a deep look, if needed, into some of those subject titles. But that was the primary purpose of that meeting was not to talk about the Christmas party or some of the other <laughs> stuff. It was to be solely focused on where are we at in terms of our goals. Right. And the second meeting that he had is what he called team huddles. And a team huddle is where you bring your group, group to, uh, together. Others call them standing meetings or whatever it might be. So you bring your whole group together. They stand up during the whole meeting so you don't get comfortable. <laughs> we stand up. Everybody talks about what they have going on, what projects they have right now, what things they need to get accomplished. And then the leader of the organization or the, of the meeting could start it off with saying, okay, anybody have any good news? Anybody have a story or... Start good. Yeah, let's start good. So they start with a good news story. It could be business or personal. It doesn't matter. We start with good news. The second is we review the team goals. So we call them key result areas. So we look at the team, say, okay, what key result areas are we focused on? How are we doing on those things? We review projects that we're working on. How are we doing with those? We'll use the parking lot if we have to, if anybody gets sidetracked about Christmas parties and other stuff. Should someone be assigned to like keep track of the parking lot? Yeah. It, like you know, secretary if, of, if, or something? That's right. If you have somebody that's really good at you know, Keeping taking notes. that, they can write down all the parking lot issues and or things to talk about and schedule another time to talk about that. The other thing is we like having a core values story uh, nomination. And when we say nomination, so there might be company events or there might be, like with our organization, we'll... We'll say, man, that's a really good core value story of one of our customers and how we helped them. And it's really tied to the core values of our business. Let's tell that story on video or maybe we tell that story in a company meeting or in a blog post or something in a newsletter, podcast. Absolutely. So this is the time that you'd bring up a core value story. And then one thing that we recommend, it, you don't have to do it, but it's a kind of a cool deal. It's called the close a meeting with one phrase per person. So as you go mm. around the room, you might say, okay, everybody, we're going to close a meeting. We want you to use one phrase to describe how you're feeling right now. So if somebody says, and I'm feeling very anxious. Somebody else says, I'm feeling really excited. Yeah. Somebody else says, I'm feeling exhausted. <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, as a, as a team leader, you get to kind of pick up on, and other people kind of get to pick up on, why is somebody feeling anxious or somebody's feeling excited? Somebody's feeling worn out. Mm. You know, what is like it? That. And so it's a way for the team to kind of just pick up on where everybody's at, kind of a a pulse of what's going on, and it's a good way to end the meeting. So we start with some success stories at the beginning or feel-good stories if you want. We go through, we talk about team goals, what's going on, and then we end with one phrase per person to kind of get a sense of where everybody's at. So It sort of reminds me of the compliment sandwich where you say something nice about something and then you can criticize them and then you finish up with something nice. Yeah, they, in sales they call it kick them, kiss them, kick them. No, kiss them, kick them, kiss them. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the opposite. So you start, you start on a good note so that everyone's like, okay, I feel good about this. I'm not nervous about the meeting. If you walked in there and you were like, you guys are not meeting your sales goals, then 
that would set the tone for that meeting. And then you do need to get to business. But then it's also, I think it's important to leave on a, a better note. Like, oh, I'm yeah. listening to you. I like your idea with the phrase because it's like, I'm listening to how you feel about where we are. And that yep. makes me feel better as an employee. Yep. So in the last workshop that I did, I said, okay, I had someone push me a little bit and say, how many meetings should we be having <laughs> a week or a month? Or, you know, and they really wanted to knock, hold me accountable to what they were looking for, I believe, is they thought they either didn't have enough or too many meetings and they were getting me to tell them exactly what to do so they could go yeah. back to their organization and say, okay, from the expert, this he is what seven meetings said. a that's week. Right. That's right. And I said, absolutely, I cannot tell you because every organization is different. You have different chapters of the growth of the business. Sometimes you have to meet a lot if you have a lot going on. Sometimes you don't have to meet at all. But there's really a focus thing. So think of three different types of meetings. The first one is the organizational type meetings. That's where the five P's come in. So that's if we get everybody together and we talk, you know, there's got to be a purpose and everybody's, you have to have preparation. There should be a plan, so on and so forth. The second is team huddles. That's where maybe you're a leader and you have a small group, you bring people together. It's mm -hmm. a stand-up meeting. You have good, feel-good stories. You go through all the different things that you're working on. You end with the one phrase. And then the last would be one-on-one -on -one meetings mm -hmm. because sometimes we waste a lot of people's time because we need to deal with one person or one person's issues, but yet we drag everybody in and we're really just dealing with one issue with one person. I cannot tell you. That's like the worst feeling ever if you are in a meeting and you're like, there is no reason for me to be here. Mm -hmm. I'm open to the idea that I need to be here, but I'm listening to what's going on and nothing of this pertains to me. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And so, but what are you supposed to do? Right. So you just sit there and then at times you might find yourself looking at your phone or <laughs> looking at whatever else. And I had someone just the other day say, you know, there is not a single meeting that we call that isn't worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let me respectfully share that you are the person that calls all the meetings and <laughs> you not only are the person that calls all the meetings, you do feel like every meeting is important. That's why you call them. Mm -hmm. Take a paradigm shift from not from you calling the meeting because you feel it's important. You're running the meeting, but flip it around to what if you didn't call any meetings? What if you had your team call meetings and it was based on what they wanted to talk about and their agenda? How important do you think all these meetings would be? And so a lot of times senior level people need to look at it from the perspective of their people, not for themselves, because they think every meeting they call is important, mm -hmm. but they're not. And they need to get better at analyzing what's important and what's critical to do right now. So on the one-on-one -on -one meetings, and you should probably have more of these one-on-one -on -one meetings than anything else, we start with kind of the setup. So let's say, Randy, as a role play for an example, I bring you in, we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting. We are meeting one-on-one -on -one right now. We are, yeah, in the in the studio. So we would set it up. Okay? <laughs> Sharing with everyone at home. That's right. So we would set it up and prepare. And so I would know ahead of time before we got together what we were going to do. And then we would talk about your key result areas, the things that you are working on, and you would give me some feedback on, you know, these are the key things that I should be working on. And here's kind of where I'm at on each one of these things. And we would talk about the action plan. Okay, well, we're on track on these. We're a little behind on these. Let's talk about that. What can we do? Then I would ask you, are there any roadblocks in the way? Is there anything that's going to keep you from getting your job done? Whether it be equipment or time or resources or, you know, stuff at home, whatever it might be. So we talk about that. And then on a personal note, I might just say, 
okay, so what else is going on in your life? Mm-hmm. Anything else that's happening that I can help you with? And then I might share some observations. Well, here's some of the stuff that I've noticed, you know, and maybe I'm 100% on track. Maybe I'm not. Maybe you can get, you know, shed some light on some of my observations. And then we would say, you know, here's some good news. Here's some great stuff that I'm excited about. Pat you on the back a little bit. Here's all the good stuff that I see you doing. And then we schedule a follow-up. Based on all the projects and everything else, let's get back together next month and talk about where we're at on some of these different things. So there's a a flow to the one-on-one meetings. And if you are consistent in the way you deliver meetings with everybody on your team, then people don't see it as odd. You know, mm-hmm. why is Chip calling me in and he's not calling yep. anybody else in? So you yep. have to be somewhat fair. So And not to do it only when they're in trouble. Yeah, not to do it <laughs> only when they're in trouble. Exactly. But if you have a, a number of one-on-one meetings, you would get more accomplished in a shorter period of time than dragging everybody in to every meeting if it's if they don't pertain. And I was with a group yesterday and we were asking, I asked them, I said, well, why, why do we invite so many people to these meetings? And frankly, it's because they don't want to offend people by not inviting <laughs> them. So people are getting invited to these meetings that they don't know why they're in there, but they're just on, you know, kind of the carbon copy list that is standardized and they get drug into all these meetings and they, they don't even know why they're in them. But So the person that's organizing the meeting doesn't want to offend the people that they've asked and the people that are in there who don't know why they're there are probably annoyed. So there's like, sounds like a breakdown of communication as well. Well, it is... Okay, so let's say in one of my clients, they have about seven people on the senior team. Mm -hmm. So every time the president calls a meeting, he invites those seven people because he doesn't want them to feel like some are included and some are excluded. Right. The problem is, is that when you invite all seven of the key staff to every meeting, you know, sometimes they're in there, somebody's running IT, somebody's in marketing, somebody's in customer service. They're in every one of these meetings, and sometimes it's about a software upgrade to a, an accounting system right. and the marketing guy is sitting there going, why am I in this meeting? Right. That just needs to be IT and finance maybe. Right. right? But then as you know, the interesting part though, as soon as they're not invited to some of these meetings, they start <laughs> going, you know, why is it y'all keep meeting without me? You know, why is it I don't know about these changes that are coming? Why don't I know about some of this stuff? So it's a, it's a balancing act of if we have meetings how are we sharing the information that's coming out of these meetings with everybody that needs to know so that they don't feel like, well, if I don't show up at the meetings, I have no clue what's <laughs> going on around here. So I have to be drug into each of these meetings. Right. There's all different types of meetings you can have. My dad works in a large company and when they have meetings, they all have a whiteboard and they have certain KRAs that, that they're supposed to be responsible for. And they have to put those on the whiteboard and they all carry their whiteboards into the meeting. Oh, really? And they, so you can look around the room and see like... See everybody's whiteboard? Do you think that's a good idea? Or do you think, you know, having some sort of a, a system that keeps track of people so they can kind of track their progress before they go into a meeting so they're not like, oh, I'm behind compared to everyone else? Yeah, I really like what we call the corporate scoreboard where you have everybody's KRAs are on one big scoreboard. We know as an organization how we're doing. But if you standardize what people report on, they can do a a handout if you want. They can drag whiteboards in if they want to. (laughs) But I really see it as more of a handout. Like if, if all of us came in, I would say, here's my KRA report where we're at. And it shows what you're responsible for, what your KRAs are, where you're at on your timeline with each of those and and how you're doing. And it's really, to me, it's just more about reporting progress 
and talking about obstacles that we got to overcome and resources that I need. It's not necessarily about, I mean, visual helps seems a little traditional to me, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it may be very effective for them. And so let's talk a little bit about like technology and meetings. So a lot of people are have remote teams now and they have meetings either on a conference call or like a Zoom call like we use sometimes for our podcast. Do you see those as better or worse than in-person meetings? And how do you think they've affected meetings as a whole? Yeah, I don't think they're as effective. I don't think you can be as effective if you're not face-to-face with people. Mm -hmm. We have a policy in one of the groups I meet with, you do not have your cell phone on. I mean, because it was very distracting. So we made it a rule. You cannot have it on. Others kind of feel like they have to have it at least on, even if it's on vibrate mode or whatever, because there are things that they can't be so far attached from the organization that they can't get to them if they need to. Technology helps, but I do know that nothing is better than sitting around a table, talking, looking people face, you know, in the eye and talking about issues. When you put any type of technology or distance in between teams, it makes it more difficult to be as effective. It still works. It's just not, in my opinion, it's not as effective. I would say like the more layers you remove of the experience of me talking to you, the harder it is. So mm-hmm. I, me talking to you when we're in the same room, that's the best case scenario. Me seeing you so I can see your body language, that's next best. So something like a video conference. I absolutely hate the phone call things because it's, you know, no one knows when to talk. They're talking over each other. Oh, you know, yeah. you can't tell if so-and-so is, you know, doing whatever. It's the absolute worst. And I, I try to avoid it as much as I can. I hate those conference call situations. Yeah. The Zoom calls, which we use now, which is similar to Skype or something else. Those have been great because we can see people. We can, I can do a share screen and show people exactly what we're looking at. And it's, uh, I really like how technology has gotten so much better with video conferencing that has helped considerably, but nothing beats face-to-face. But if you have to do remote, then yeah, a video conference I think is much better. So here in the 360 office, we have a shared to-do list. Mm -hmm. So when I put something on my list, I can assign it to a project. I can see when it's due and everyone else in the office can do the same thing. And I can assign tasks to other people in the office. So does that sometimes negate the need for meetings? Because I can see where we are on the tasks that we're assigned that are due without having to go over and talk to somebody and say, you know, we're behind on this. We need to really get on this thing. Yeah. It's good for accountability there are a lot of things that happen in meetings that lists don't fix. Right. And so talking through thinking the the collaborative think tank, everybody together talking about how do we resolve these problems? How do we communicate more effectively? Lists to me are, these are the action plan. This is the, these are the things that we need to get done before we meet again in between. It, they don't negate meetings. All right. Got lots of good tips on meetings. Chip, thanks for coming in. This is the best format because it's you and me yep. meeting together in Absolutely. person. And everybody that's listening to this is somewhat in a meeting. They're just on mute, right? <laughs> so <laughs> That's it. It's like a conference call yeah. where you're on mute. That's right. Absolutely. So All right. We'll keep listening, guys, and we'll come up with more episodes. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.